This bombshell was both beautiful and brainy. Her contributions to science and the silver screen have cemented her as a timeless superstar. We wouldn't have had Wi-Fi and other wonderful ways of communicating if it hadn't been for this willful woman. Rolling! We'll fall head over heels in love with Hedy Lamar on this week's episode of FYI. Welcome to For Your Info. English. You got it. You got it. Hello, 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 and welcome to another exciting edition of FYI. Folks, today I learned so much. I knew very little about our subject, Hedy Lamar. I remember seeing a movie based on her life, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. But I learned so much in these episodes on Hedy Lamar. And those are always the most interesting episodes for me. Because when we did aviation, I kind of know what I'm talking about. Okay, obviously I have a lot to learn. But this was a topic I knew very little about. So we're going to look at the biography of one of the most amazing women women, or should I say, one of the most amazing human beings to ever walk the face of the earth. And let's start with our intro, as we always do. I started out by saying this bombshell, and remember that B is silent. It's not bomb, it's bomb. This bombshell, and you might remember this word when we looked at Marilyn Monroe. A bombshell es un bombón. If you're in Mexico, mamacita. <laughs> Mujer Explosiva. This bombshell was both beautiful and brainy. And the word brain is cerebro. So if you are brainy, it means you're very intelligent. It means you're very smart. And then I said her contributions. And I want you to pay attention to the pronunciation. Her contributions, not bushons, sino bushons. Her contributions to science and the silver screen. And there's another word you should know if you listen to our Hollywood episode. The silver screen is La Pantalla Grande. They have cemented her as a timeless superstar. And cement is hormigón. But as a verb, it means it has really consolidated her as a superstar and not just on the silver screen as we're going to discover but also as an inventor and if there was anyone who was ever timeless i think it's hedy lamar then i said we wouldn't have had wi-fi and please please don't say wi-fi my ears bleed when i hear wi-fi we wouldn't have had wi-fi and other wonderful ways of communicating and there's another you like the you in contributions communicating if it hadn't been si no hubiese sido por this willful 
woman. And will es voluntad. Reminds me of the expression, where there's a will, there's a way. Querer es poder. Well, willful is stubborn, determinado, terco, obstinado, willful. It means you're strong-willed. And I think that's the reason that she has been cemented as a superstar. And we're going to discover all that in today's episode. Then I had a little wink to Hollywood. A wink or a nod es un guiño. And I said, rolling. And this is what they say when the camera starts rolling. They say, rolling. And a lot of times you'll hear this too. Lights, camera, action. And I wrapped up the intro saying, we'll fall head over heels in love with Hedy Lamar. And to fall head over heels in love is enamorarse locamente. That's a really difficult word for me to say. Enamorarse locamente. Whew, say that five times fast. The story I'm going to tell you today doesn't really have a happy ending, a Hollywood ending, as they say, and they lived happily ever after. No, this reminds me more of a sad story, a tragedy which I guess you could say has a happy ending of some sort. I mean, some kind of justice was done. But there's one thing that's clear. Her life was marred by tragedy. And marred means estropeado, dañado, arruinado. Her life was marred by tragedy. But this sultry siren, and the word sultry, I don't know if you're familiar with that one, but sultry means sexy, seductora, sensual, right? Sensual, we can say. This sultry siren, and a siren is woo, 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 but also a siren is a siren's a beautiful woman, a siren. I think you also say sirena for mermaid in Spanish. Well, she wasn't a mermaid. She was a siren on the silver screen and an inventor, engineer, and some would say the mother of Wi-Fi and other technology that we're using nowadays. Let's go back and see where it all started. It all started in Vienna, Austria. A little girl named Hedwig Eva Maria Keisler was born in 1914, November 9th, 1914 to be exact. Hey, wait. She's a Scorpio like me. Ah, oh, that explains everything. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But it's true. She was brilliant. She had an IQ. Now, do you say coeficiente intelectual, I think? We say an IQ of 154. That coupled with a degree in psychobiology. What? I don't even know what that is. Psychobiology, folks, from Vassar College, which is a very reputable institution. But since she was a little girl in Vienna, Austria, she loved to tinker. And to tinker is experimentar. It's a word we use often with inventors. They're into 
tinkering. And she was into tinkering from a young age, from the tender age of five, where she took apart a radio that her father had and put it back together. Also, she used to do all kinds of scenes and role-playing with her dolls. So she had uh, a natural inclination towards, towards es hacia, engineering and performing and she ended up doing both of those things but again there was so much tragedy in between and even at the end that i'll let you guys be the judge is this a fairy tale with a happy ending or is this a sad shakespearean tale you be the judge i will start by telling you she got married six times that's right so six times she met the wrong guy the wrong partner these marriages were between 1933 and 1965 and do you know who the last guy she married was now this is an ironic turn of events here but it was her divorce lawyer i guess he figured and she figured well if we're going to be spending so much time together with so many divorces we might as well just tie the knot casarnos nosotros oh and her first husband was a real piece of work oh yeah a uh, a nazi arms dealer he dealt with the nazis and he sold arms or weapons to mussolini and his side he was filthy rich a guy named frederick mandel and well she she was paying attention she would go with him on a lot of these conventions and she was taking note but he didn't want a smart woman he wanted a woman who would quote unquote know her place or who would be subservient to her man she didn't he didn't want a woman with an opinion so that didn't last very long but she made the most of it and she learned about arms and arms making and that information would later help her and the u.s military during world war ii and in between that in between a fascist arms dealer and her divorce lawyer there were a lot of real pieces of work and a piece of work is un personaje pero normalmente en el sentido malo but she knew it and she knew she had to escape she knew she had to get away and to get away from this control freak un controlador aéreo pero no digo de profesión this control freak she decided to devise a plan and she it was almost theatrical it was hollywood-esque and what she did is she dressed up as her own maid that's right she disguised herself and that means disfrazarse and the maid is the person who cleans the house and she fled to paris in the middle of the night she escaped that marriage she knew that she could never be successful as an actress and be married to that man in fact in one of her movies we're going to talk about right now ecstasy she is nude and the movie is also the first female orgasm well he was so jealous 
and such a control freak that he tried to buy all the copies of the film and the movie and have them destroyed. So she knew that wasn't going to work and she didn't want to piss him off. Remember, the guy's a Nazi arms dealer. So she devised a plan or she came up with a plan and she escaped. She fled to flee or to run away and she got to Paris successfully. But one thing she said later in life, because obviously she was unlucky in love, was that her true love in life was her father. And I know what you could think. What? That's disgusting. Guys, I think it was platonic love. I think it was respect. I think she never met a man who was as good, as strong, as loving as her father and she talked a lot about these walks she used to take with her father when she was a little girl they would go on walks maybe nature walks and he would explain everything to her and this got her curiosity aroused and well we know the rest she ended up being an engineer an inventor and one of the most important performers ever. I just mentioned the movie Ecstasy about a minute ago. This was a movie that came out in 1933. It's a Czech movie, in case you want to check it out. <laughs> okay, really bad joke. But do you get it? Czech? Czech from Czechoslovakia? The Czech Republic? Check it out? Echale un vistazo. But I'll warn you, don't watch it with the kids because it was very controversial. Again, just the name Ecstasy. And this was perhaps the first non-pornographic movie to portray, demostrar, sexual intercourse and a female orgasm. And of course, it starred Hedy Lamar. As I said before, her first husband was extremely jealous and tried to buy all the copies. Again, you can check out the movie and you be the judge. But let's put it this way. She's a young girl. She's in a situation. She's, you know, trying to impress people in a foreign country, in Hollywood, and they took advantage of her. In fact, they lied to her. The director told her that it was barely going to be visible, this full frontal nudity. And when the movie came out, she realized he lied to her. He misled her. And I think this is a good moment to talk about how Hollywood does that very often. The Hollywood system takes young men and women and leads them on. To lead them on es otra forma de decir engañarles. Like if you want to be famous, you got to take off your top. If you want to really make it, you got to get on the casting couch. So I think it's worth mentioning Part of the reason she had so many problems was being exposed to the Hollywood system, which is a disgusting system, in my opinion. It's a bunch of old men, usually scum of the earth, la escoria, who are preying on young people's hopes and dreams. They sexualize children. I don't think I have to tell you about that. But as a father, I would be severely upset if my daughter went to Hollywood. Now, if she said she wanted to do that, I'd have to respect her. But I would warn her that it is a disgusting, gross 
industry. I'm not saying everybody, but how many times have we heard stories of Hollywood just wrecking people's lives? And we'll see, the same way she was made a star, she was also taken off that same pedestal by the same people. And you can imagine her dismay. Her dismay is consternación. When she saw that the director had lied to her and she was fully naked in broad daylight on the screen and she stormed out of that theater. Rightfully so. But that wasn't her shot at the big time. The big time is, you know, estar en primera. No, this was just something that they kind of wanted to erase, if you think about it, because some considered it even pornography. Remember, they were, uh, they were much more Puritan back then, at least on paper, than now. I mean, you couldn't show an ankle before. Antes no enseñabas ni un tobillo. So she didn't hit the big time until she met the head of MGM Studios, Louis B. Mayer. He's one of those M's, by the way. And what happened was they met in London in 1937. This is after she had fled to Paris. And he told her, you are one of the most beautiful women I have ever seen. And I want to make you a star. You're exactly what I'm looking for. And if there was a person who could do that, it was Louis B. Mayer. And so she, she negotiated with him and... She wasn't happy with what he was offering, even though she knew she wanted to be a star. She knew that she deserved more. So initially, he offered her $125 a week. Remember, actors back then used to work on contracts. And she turned him down. Le rechazó. And finally, he came back to her and offered her $500 a week. That is almost five times the amount. And she worked hard. She was in so many movies. She worked opposite superstars like Spencer Tracy, Jimmy Stewart, Clark Gable. And she was on her way to the big time. She was becoming a household name. And one of the cool things, one of the things I found interesting was that she worked tirelessly on her English. What? She worked tirelessly on her English? But didn't she speak English perfectly in her movies? She made it seem that way, at least. Remember, she was born in Vienna, Austria. Her real name is Hedwig, which, if you want to pronounce it correctly, it's Hedwig. I don't think it's a really good name, but that's where she got Hedy from. She got the name Hedy from there. Now, where did she get the second part of her name, her stage name? Well, she got this from the Mayers. That's right, Louis Mayer and his wife. They were with Hedy, and they were aboard the Normandy, a very famous ship. And Margaret Mayer, Louis Mayer's wife, helped her come up with the name because she wanted to distance herself from Hedwig Keisler. Why? Well, that was that woman who did that almost pornographic movie. So they decided 
on Barbara Lamar, who was a famous, another tragic story from Hollywood. I guess I should say infamous Barbara Lamar. So they got the last name from her, Hedy Lamar, Barbara Lamar. Now, I don't know if that was maybe an omen or something, but this woman, Barbara Lamar, who they got her stage name from, died at 29 years old. Remember, we don't say with 29, at 29 years old from complications of her dope addiction. Dope is heroin. I don't know. If I was looking for a name, I think I would go with something that reminded me of something more positive, possibly. I don't know. Now, I know what you guys are thinking, but what about the inventing? You're telling us all about the acting. Well, she got bored of Hollywood. She got bored of the stereotypes, the dumb bimbos. A bimbo es como una tía tonta. It's an ugly word. But uh, she got tired of being typecast as the damsel in distress. No, la pobrecita que necesita que le rescaten. And they loved her. I mean, the, the world fell in love with her. It was like an overnight success. Now, all of us know it doesn't work like that because she had spent all her teenage years performing. But the moment she was introduced to the world, they fell in love with her. As I said in the intro, it was head over heels. They called her the most beautiful woman in the world. But she felt that that's all they saw her as, as just a piece of meat, some model, some trophy wife, some beautiful woman, which isn't a bad thing, but she knew that she had so much more to offer. So this is when she started tinkering. Let me just remind you, this is with 30 films under her belt. So she had already gotten a lot of experience in Hollywood and she was sick of it. Arta. She even started her own production company after leaving MGM in 1945. And she tried to make movies where the woman wasn't stupid or, you know, the stereotypical bimbo. But the, the production company didn't really turn a profit. So she started tinkering. She remembered when she was a kid, she loved taking things apart and putting them back together. And one of the people that reminded her of her love of tinkering is Howard Hughes. They became very good friends. And she suggested to him, because he wanted to make the fastest plane in the world, he also wanted to make the biggest plane in the world. I'm sure you're familiar with the story of Howard Hughes because of the aviator. Well, just remember this, that Howard Hughes had a lot of ideas, but also some of those ideas, some of the most important ones, came from his friend, Hedy Lamar. She took one look at the wings on his plane and said, wait a second, those are really square or rectangular and, and boxy. I don't know if that's, you know, that's the best design. So what did she do? Being a genius, being a nature lover? She said to him, I'm going to get you some books. And she got books about fish and birds. And she looked through these books and she looked for the fastest birds and the fastest fish. And she told him, Howard, that's how you have to design them. And he did. And it changed aviation forever. Let's listen to her 
talking about her relationship with Howard Hughes, and we'll hear her telling us the same story I just told you. We'll hear it straight from the horse's mouth, directamente de la fuente. Here's Hedy Lamar. I thought the aeroplane was too slow. I decided that's not right. It shouldn't be square, the, the, the wings. So I bought a book of fish, and I bought a book of birds, and I used the fastest bird with a connected it with the fastest fish. And I drew it together and showed it to Howard Hughes, and I said, you're a genius. I don't know about you guys, but that is inspirational. And with those ideas, I guess she made a pretty penny as an inventor. Well, guess what? This story doesn't have such a beautiful ending. She didn't earn a dime. Diez centimos. Ni un duro, as you say. She didn't earn a dime. In fact, some of her patents were confiscated. She was even accused of being an Austrian spy. And by the time she could do anything about those patents, they had expired. And some say that now... If she had gotten the money for those patents, given the use we give her inventions today, she would have gotten around $30 billion in today's money. And she didn't see a dime of it. This story does have a happier ending than this one. But I'm going to tell you about that in the bonus episode. We're going to talk about all her other inventions. Remember, she had stuff that helped with Wi-Fi, cellular technology, but also she developed many other things as well, which we'll take a look at. We'll also take a look at her struggles with mental health and We'll get advice from Hetty herself. All that in the bonus episode. If you guys would like to join us in the bonus episode and you'd like to get PDFs with all the vocabulary and expressions in each episode, you can join us over at patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso. We have got a tremendous community over there. So a shout out to all my patrons, especially my super duper students, Javier, Roberto, David, Jose Maria, Mila, Alex, Patricio, and Edgar. And don't forget about my interstellar students, Isa, Paco, Diego, and Carmen. I sure hope all of you will join us. We're going to look at so much stuff in the bonus episode. And remember, every week you'll have access to that bonus episode and those PDFs. And you can even join me in a review class and a monthly master class. You can find out more again on patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso. So I sure hope you'll join us in the bonus episode of today's FYI.